Good morning, church. So good to see you on this special Sunday. Fernando and his team worked so hard. Thanks so much for that to our, our choir and our band. And JP's working hard. A lot of moving parts for him this morning as well. I just have to preach, so um, that's what we're going to do. Well, a few years ago, back when I was in seminary, uh, our finances were pretty tight. So I was a full-time student. My my wife worked full-time. I did have a part-time job as a waiter, which was great, by the way. Loved that. But we pretty much lived paycheck to paycheck in that season. My daughter, Julie, she was about 11 months when I started seminary, and our son, Isaac, came along in my, my final year. So really between the, the baby shower gifts, the furniture we were given, the, the checks that came to us, those are always welcome. All, all the generosity, there was just a lot of forms of generosity in our, in our life. I remember looking at my wife one day and saying, you know what, I, I feel like this is the thank you card season of our life. I feel like this is the thank you card season of our life. Well, this morning, as we look at God's word, I want to propose to you that it's always thank you season with God. That it's always thank you season with God. You know, we, we might not express our gratitude to God with a written note, you, though you might try that. But what we're talking about is just a consistent posture of gratitude to God for all that he is and for all that he has done. As you may know, we've been in this sermon series on prayer, and we're wrapping that up this morning. And today we look at thanksgiving and praise as another key part of the life of prayer, a key part of the dynamic experience of prayer in our lives. And ultimately, you could argue this is where all prayer begins, isn't it? Even Jesus, as he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, he said, start by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I think Jesus was intentional there. I think he was intentional to say, this is how you start. You start by recognizing God for who he is, first and foremost. Many of the Psalms, as you may know, really, really highlight thanksgiving and praise. We could close our eyes and open to the Psalms and flip through and, and point our finger and probably find thanksgiving and praise. You might think of the Psalms as, as, as poetic thank you notes for our benefit as God's church. But specifically, when we look at Psalm 100. And in Psalm 100 this morning, there's two reasons that stir us to praise and thanksgiving this week. The first of these is that God is your shepherd. God is your shepherd. The second reason is that God is faithful to you and to all generations. These are not just reasons, though. These are the promises of God's word for us this morning. These are promises that are just true no matter the season of the soul we are in, no matter the struggles that we face, the challenges that we face, these are true. And we can stand on them today. As we consider these promises and God's word, let us first pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises contained there. Lord, would you fill us with praise and thanksgiving? in this season, and at all times, for who you are 
and for what you have done. Lord, this morning as we look at your word, would my words and would the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we look at scripture and especially as we look at the Psalms, what we see is that thanks and praise collide. And, and they collide because all of life, as we see in the Psalms, was oriented around, around a God who could be trusted. A God who could be trusted. Our psalm for this morning is an example of what you might call prayer of adoration. Prayer of adoration. Richard Foster, in his book on prayer, describes this prayer in this way. He says There's, there are two sides to the prayer of adoration, thanksgiving and praise. He says the usual distinction between the two experiences is this. In Thanksgiving, we give glory to God for what he has done for us. In praise, we give glory to God for who he is in himself. The distinction is valid, but we must not make too much of it. In experience, the two weave themselves in and out of one another and become part of an organic whole. The biblical writers frequently use the words interchangeably and even on top of one another simultaneously, thanksgiving and praise splash across the experience of all true adoration. What's the point? The point is that it's very fitting, it's very appropriate for us to thank God just for who he is. I think of our Alpha team, and the Alpha team prays before every session, and they start by just affirming who God is. But it's also appropriate to praise God for what he has done. It's a collision as we see in our song. So the first promise for us in this collision of praise has to do with who we are and who God is. God is our shepherd, and we are his flock. After the call to worship in verses 1 and 2, verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we are God's possession. We are sheep in his pasture. We belong to him. And the shepherd and the sheep, this is a key image. It's a key metaphor for the people of God in Scripture. So in the Hebrew Scriptures, Yahweh, the Lord God, he was shepherd, and Israel was the flock. In the New Testament, of course, Jesus fulfills, he takes this image and he fulfills it, and he says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. In, in our age, many people struggle with belonging. But as we look at God's word, we are comforted to know that we, we all start fundamentally that we belong to God. That we are his, that he created us, but not just that he created us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that when we were lost in sin and darkness, God bought us back, and he bought us back through the atoning sacrifice of his son. As we then put our faith in Jesus, we also then find that we not only belong to God, but we belong to his body, his family. And so even, even as we embrace this belonging, we, we, even as we rest in that, we know that we are not just belonging to some divine taskmaster who just has religious obligation and 
duty for us. No, we belong to a shepherd. God is our shepherd. Friends, if at any point in your life you struggle with a relational God, which is real for us in our journey, there aren't many passages and images better than this one to understand how God relates to us. As shepherd, God leads us to pasture, to nourishment for our souls, to safety. He leads us to that pasture, which is where we are aligned with his will and his ways rather than all the things in this world that we can chase. He makes us wise to the threats that may be around us by his spirit. At times he prods us with his staff. At times he goes after us when we've wandered away and gotten ourselves stuck. Some of you may wonder about pastors or spiritual leaders as shepherd. And that's true. That image is used of this calling that we are to be shepherds of the flock of God. But really, it's a role of under-shepherding. Under-shepherding in partnership with the true shepherd, the chief shepherd of your soul. Peter talks about this in his first letter where he says in chapter 2, verse 25, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. He's talking about Jesus Christ there in light of his sacrifice, in light of his purchasing us, purchasing us back to himself through his sacrifice. But then a little later in the same letter, Peter addresses elders and when we see elder, we're just talking, we're looking at how the New Testament speaks of leaders in local churches, and he says this to them, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And so as pastors, as spiritual leaders, as we are submitted to God's word and to this calling, our job is to lead you to your chief shepherd, to the lover of your soul, to lead you to him by his word and his spirit. The question then for us is how have you been shepherded by the chief shepherd in your life? This all starts with faith in Jesus Christ because only by faith in Jesus Christ do we become members of his flock. In John 10, that same text, Jesus says that he's not just the good shepherd, he is the gate for the sheep. He is the way by which we find life and safety and pasture. But then once we are in his flock, how is he inviting you to pasture, to nourishment, to all that you need to sustain your walk with him? How is he correcting you? How is he redirecting you in this season? How is he leading you back to paths of life? 
So friends, the first promise this morning for our Thanksgiving season is that God is your shepherd. He has gathered you into his flock and then he sustains you there. But the second reason, the second promise for praise and thanksgiving is that God is faithful to you and to all the generations. Verse 4 of this text describes a a worshiper who is approaching the, the temple of God in Jerusalem. And of course, we know that our praise and worship now is just not just restricted to a, a physical temple. We, rather, we live a life of worship before God. But this is still a call to worship, whatever the venue, whatever the setting. The tone of Psalm 100 is joyful, isn't it? It's, it's a gladness and shouts of praise. But sometimes our tone of worship is different, isn't it? Sometimes our tone of worship is, God, I I don't understand, but I trust you. God, I'm hurting, but you say you're near the brokenhearted. God, I'm anxious, but I know you're the source of all peace. The, The point is that a heart of worship is simply a heart that affirms and submits to all that God is. So this morning, however you come into this place, wherever your heart is at, The second promise is still true for you. Verse 5. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That for there grounds our praise and thanksgiving in what we're talking about. In God's faithfulness, his goodness. The psalmist has the generations in view here, doesn't he? It's important to reflect as you think about your own life, your own journey. It's important to reflect on those who have came, come before and those who will follow after. We realize that our story is just part of a larger story that God is writing on the generations. The culture changes. The challenges change. The norms change. But God is the same. You know, lately I've been thinking about my, my parents' own journey to faith. They both came to saving faith in Jesus as adults, late 20s, early 30s. And as I think about their journey, I'm, I'm grateful for the two African-American women that approached my mom one day when she was in a hospital chapel in her moment of need. They came alongside of her. They prayed for her. I'm grateful for my Uncle Jack, her brother, who, who, who came to faith, became a passionate believer a few years before her, and then discipled her. I'm grateful for the owner of the orchard that my dad worked at in a difficult season of his life, and Oren invested in him, invited him to church, just help him process what was going on in that season. As I think about my story, and maybe you as you think about your story, you see how God has been faithful. That God, through all generations, has drawn people to himself through people like you and me. 
many, many of you, but certainly not all of you in the room, were maybe nurtured in the faith by parents or, or grandparents. Others of you, maybe it didn't come that way. It came through friends or neighbors or spiritual fathers or mothers, whoever it was. But, but as we think about the trajectory, as we think about the journey, it encourages our faith to see how God has used the generations. So this morning, in, the, in this season, in this week, how has God been faithful to you? How has he propped you up in the face of the challenges that you have? How has he filled your life with his grace for each day, even in those seasons where it's just one of those one-day-at-a-time seasons? How has he been faithful? This Thanksgiving, we have these two promises to ground us, to carry us through whatever circumstance, whatever season of the soul. The first of those is that God is our shepherd. We are his flock. He guides us. He leads us. He protects us. And secondly, God is faithful. God is faithful. You may have noticed, but this morning I haven't really offered you anything clever. Just given you God's word. The promises of scripture over your life. And that's our job up here. Now, of course, we ask God, as we think about these incredible promises, we need his power, don't we, to believe them and to receive them. For all of us, God, this week may invite us to some reflection, some examination, and I know that that can be challenging in the face of all the festivities and the busyness and all the preparations. But God invites you to reflect this week. As you try to access that gratitude place with God, ask him, Lord, how are you shepherding me right now? How are you guiding me? How are you gathering me back to your flock? How are you perhaps prodding me with your staff? God, in any way, am I resisting your shepherding? Show me, Lord. God wants to walk closely with us, to guide us, to speak to us and to gather us back up when we've wandered away. So God is your shepherd. For others of you this morning, this reminder of God's faithfulness to the generations may be right where your heart is at. Maybe that is the longing of your heart. Maybe your burden for the next generation. Maybe your burden for the previous generation. Family members, friends, whoever it may be. And so remember that your story is just part of a larger story of God. God remains the same. The, the same invitation to come to him and be reconciled to him by faith in Jesus Christ remains the same. The norms change. The strategies change. The approaches change. But we still share Jesus and his love and walk with his spirit. Friends, this morning we all need to know that God is our shepherd, that he is faithful to us. And because of these promises and all the promises of God's word, it is always gratitude season in our lives. I pray that we may be filled with praise and thanksgiving in our prayers and as we approach God this week with a grateful heart. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word.
Would you give us power to believe it, to receive it? Lord, I pray your blessing on each one here that they might experience you and hear your voice in deeper ways. Lord, fill us with gratitude and praise for all that you are and all that you've done this week. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen.